Shalom and welcome to the Vibe of the Tribe podcast from JewishBoston.com. I'm your host, Miriam Anzevin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dan Seligson. Dan, you're a sports person, and we've got some information about an important upcoming sporting event to tell our audience about, right? Do we ever, Miriam? This is big news for fellow sports fans, aka sports people. On May 15th at Gillette Stadium, two teams, our own New England Revolution and Chelsea Football Club from England's Premier League, will play a benefit match. Proceeds will go towards efforts to combat anti-Semitism and hate crimes. It's also big news for us because it's not every day we get to interview professional athletes, and today we talk to three of them, including defenseman Cesar Aspetacueta, captain of Chelsea and a key member of Spain's incredibly talented national team, New England Revolution captain Michael Mancien, and his teammate, goalie Matt Turner. This game is a big deal for Boston as well. Chelsea is one of the most storied franchises in the history of soccer and currently the number four most popular sports team in the world. You can see them right here, or rather in Foxborough, and do good for the Jewish community at the same time. The charity match is called Final Whistle on Hate. The initial idea was developed by club owners Roman Abramowicz of Chelsea and Robert Kraft of the Revolution in light of a global rise in anti-Semitic activity. Every week, professional soccer draws millions of fans and billions of viewers around the globe. Stadiums are noisy, and fans cheer and sing and chant for their teams, and basically let it all hang out for a few action-packed hours to escape their everyday lives. But there's a much darker side to soccer fandom. The enormous stage it provides is also a platform for expressing hate. Societal problems are aired in the stands, with banners, chants, and songs. A word of warning to our listeners. Some of the audio we've included in today's episode contains deeply offensive and troubling language. Anti-Semitic chants have become the norm at soccer stadiums throughout Europe. The clip you just heard is from Belgium, recorded in December. Fans celebrating a victory sang, My father was a commando, my mother was SS, and together they burned Jews because Jews burn the best. A similar chant, also saluting the SS, was heard on Holocaust Remembrance Day at a match in Amsterdam. Fuck the Yids is a standard at games in England. Racist chants are regularly heard in Italy, where officials have gone as far as having teams play in empty stadiums to try and dissuade fans from anti-Semitism and racism at future games. Robert Treston, executive director of the New England chapter of the Anti-Defamation League, said sports brings out both the best and worst in people. Sports brings people from all over the world together. It brings communities together. Very often at sports, we see uh, both the positive and the negative behaviors that are so common in communities. When people are on the field or on the ice or on a court, adrenaline is running high. And, you know, sometimes those hidden biases that we walk around with every day, that sometimes they're, they're more uh, sealed up in our brains and in our mouths and in the way we act, they come out in those venues. It's discouraging to see, but it also provides us with an opportunity to not only expose the hatred, whether it's anti-Semitism or racism or Islamophobia, but to seize on the opportunity to uh, educate and to learn about it. And we see local schools doing that on a regular basis. And this game is one of those opportunities to do it on a large scale for two countries, two cities, two teams, two communities. 
Anti-Semitism, known as the oldest hatred, never really went away, but it certainly is thriving right now. One in 10 European Jews has experienced anti-Semitism at a sporting event, according to an ADL survey. The numbers are even more alarming at political rallies and other public gatherings, where nearly half of Jews have heard anti-Semitic comments. At some soccer games, including England's West Ham, fans report chants like this have been heard for 30 years. In 2017, Chelsea fans were gaining notoriety at their home stadium and at away games for anti-Semitic chants. To celebrate the arrival of a new player, fans sang, Alvaro, oh, Alvaro, oh, he came from Real Madrid, he hates the fucking yids. This chant, as the Jerusalem Post reported, evolved from a mantra sung repeatedly by Chelsea fans whenever they played their rivals, Tottenham Hotspur, better known as the Spurs. That team is associated with a Jewish following. Chelsea fans have a long history of, quote, hating the Yids. Some Chelsea supporters say Yid refers to a Spurs supporter group that includes Jews and proudly calls itself the Yid Army. It's not anti-Semitic at all, they say. That argument could be valid, I suppose. The problem is Chelsea fans were using the fucking Yids chant and adding sound effects, such as a hissing sound, to mimic Nazi gas chambers. But it's not just talk. Anti-Semitism is rampant in Europe, and the trends are troubling. It's rapidly increasing. In 2018, according to the New York Times, France reported a 74% spike over the previous year in anti-Semitic incidents, with more than 500, including the murder of a Holocaust survivor in her own home. Violent anti-Semitic attacks rose by 60% in Germany. Some leaders have noted that the level of anti-Semitism is the highest it has been since World War II. In Europe's top soccer leagues, including England's Premier League, reports of anti-Semitism appear with alarming regularity. In mid-April, fans of West Ham, facing Tottenham supporters, started chants on trains, a continuation of incidents that were going on in the stadium. And it's not just in Europe. While the revolutions say they have never experienced an issue with anti-Semitism or blatant racism at games, Boston has had its share. If you're Jewish and live in greater Boston, you've either experienced firsthand or at least read about anti-Semitic incidents, including cemetery desecrations and swastikas spray-painted on stores and sidewalks. I've seen swastikas on a bike ride in Arlington. It's dispiriting and it's revolting and it's deeply troubling. But as a Jew, I wonder if I'm actually in danger. When do words turn into action? Robert Treston says it's a downward slope of normalizing hate. Well, words matter. And we know from history that, uh, you know, assaults didn't, you know, most assaults against someone because of who they are, whether it's skin color, religion, sexual orientation, they often didn't just start with somebody committing an assault or a physical act of violence. They started with words. They started with beliefs. They started with ideology. And so very often, words and thoughts are the precursor to more serious action, to violence. And, uh, you know, sort of the ultimate is, is a genocide. 
But, uh, you know, a genocide didn't just start with a genocide. Uh, the Holocaust didn't just start with concentration camps. It took, you know, decades, really, of hatred becoming normalized, becoming uh, mainstream within society, that people become numb to it. And one of the greatest dangers we face right now is not calling out anti-Semitism, not calling out racism or hatred, because we run the risk of becoming numb. Statistically, hate crimes are on the rise nationally and here in Massachusetts. The numbers tell us that more and more people are feeling empowered to share their hatred and to do it in a public way. And in this country, it's legal to hate, but it's illegal and criminal to cross the line, to share your hate in, uh, in, in vandalism, to target people because of who they are for physical violence or harassment, whether it's in person or online. And more and more people seem to want to do that. And that's why we've seen a sharp rise uh, across the country. Nationally, the FBI's reported a 37% increase in hate crimes directed against people because they're Jewish. And so what we see in Massachusetts is consistent with what we're seeing uh, across the country. And it's a reminder that when hate goes unchecked, when hate goes unchallenged, the, everyone, is, everyone is at risk. And so we, need, we, need, we can't ignore it. All this is exactly why the team presidents of both Chelsea and the Revolution thought it was important to meet in Foxborough to raise awareness about anti-Semitism in sports. Cesar Azpilicueta is one of the best-known players in the Premier League. As captain of Chelsea FC, he plays on soccer's biggest stage with some of the most elite athletes in the world. His home stadium, the Bridge in London, has had its share of deeply troubling incidents. Well, first of all, uh, Chelsea is very passionate uh, about fighting anti-Semitism, and we are very aware of uh, racism, and, and we, we do everything we can to avoid uh, that kind of uh, discrimination. And, and obviously, uh, we know that uh, football is sport where we are watched uh, by a lot of uh, a lot of people, where we can lead uh, by example. And obviously, in, in football, in life, there is no place uh, for discrimination. Football is part of our lives, and and to have that kind of discrimination, obviously we are the first that uh, we don't tolerate it and we try to, to help uh, with all this. So obviously we are professionals and our job is to, to, play, to play football and, and to get results. But uh, I think we are bigger than that. I think we have a responsibility for every one of us, for, for the club, especially that uh, we represent. And, and uh, Mr. Abramovich, uh, our owner, is... is uh, are very passionate about uh, eradicating all, all kind of discrimination. So we just try to, to help everybody to have a, a better future. Cesar also said he believes educating fans espousing hated games, particularly through Holocaust education, will make a difference. Well, uh, I think we must never forget to uh, keep uh, the stories alive. So history never repeats itself. I think it's, it's important that we we know what happened. We we also had the visit uh, from uh, from Harris Spiro at Kobam, and and to listen his stories at uh, Holocaust. Uh, he was one of the survivors, and I think uh, a lot in in terms of what happened, and and hopefully it never repeats. Revolution captain Michael Mancien played for Chelsea for more than six years. He spent most of his professional career playing at the top levels in both Germany and England. He certainly heard his share of abuse at games while playing in Europe. Uh, when you're playing away in England, especially, uh, I feel like the fans are probably a bit more 
abusive to you, especially when you walk, like, when you're taking a corner or taking a throw on, and it's and their fans are sat behind you. You can hear all sorts of abuse being held at you. I think the fans over here are really good, to be honest. Um, I haven't heard any negative chance or anything like that I know it's I know it's part of the game in England um, and in Europe it's almost like to put a player off and to throw him off his game and to obviously make him angry and make him not play play well so that's obviously why the fans kind of do it but sometimes they take it a, a step too far both players see the final whistle on hate match as a unique opportunity to bring attention to this issue in a positive way yeah it's massive it's very important obviously as professional athletes, we have a we have a platform to showcase problems like this, and uh, to play against Chelsea obviously is is great as well. To play against one of the best teams in the world is for a good cause, and uh, yeah, it's really exciting. For those participating in the game, including Revolution goalkeeper Matt Turner, a Jewish player on the team, the game provides an outlet to help against that normalization of hate. It's pretty black and white. There's been some horrible things going on in the world. Specifically, you know, one that kind of hit close to home for me was the shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue in, in Pittsburgh. You know, I have family that left Europe, you know, in World War II to come to the United States for a better life. You know, that's not the kind of life that they expected to run into over over in the United States. And and so far in the future, you know, you'd think that at some point we would move past things of that nature. So to be able to bring light to this issue and, and be you know, kind of a, a spokesperson for it has been really special to me and my family. Um, there's a lot of people in the world that will deny things like this even exist. So um, for us to be able to, you know, shine a, a light on it and raise money and awareness about it and the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that will be tuning into the game, um, it's really something special. Just as sports can be a platform for hate, it can also serve as a means to communicate to large numbers of people here and around the world about the dangers of anti-Semitism and other forms of hate, as Robert Treston describes. I mean, one of the great things about sports is adults all learned about sports and started playing it in school when they were young. And so this is one of those opportunities. It's both a warning sign and a reminder that we actually need to be focusing on the youngest people. Because if we can work with them around issues of anti-Semitism, around issues of hatred, around standing up for yourself and for others when they're in middle school or in elementary school or high school, the prospect of a, of a hate-free world in 5, 10, 15, 20 years is much greater. For Revolution President Brian Bilello, having a team the caliber of Chelsea coming to Foxborough provides an ideal platform to push back against hate in sports and society. For maybe some of the listeners who don't know sports or don't know soccer, or don't know global soccer, uh, you know, Chelsea is a club, and I heard them speaking at uh, an event I was at with them in New York recently, um, that, that have 500 million fans worldwide. It's just an astronomical number of folks who pay attention to what that club's saying, um, watch the matches, and to have them as a partner in a cause like this is just so powerful because it gives you that that platform. So I think you know as a sports team, that's a that's a big thing you're able to do. You're able to share a message with with an audience that's that's paying attention, that cares about you, cares about your players, and and that's a big part of it. But in addition to that, this the second big goal we have is is to actually you know, somehow start to champion and, and and cause change. And and I think both from our perspective and Chelsea's perspective, doing the fundraising and, and supporting a number of organizations that are already doing this work in, in, in society, 
was the best way we thought we could do that. So we'll continue to raise awareness and, and, and put that message out because we think that can be powerful. But the fundraising element I think is important as well because you're, you're giving more resource to organizations that are experts in these areas and, and hopefully they're able to do a little bit more than maybe they could have done yesterday. The match's primary beneficiaries will include World Jewish Congress, Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Anti-Defamation League, and the Holocaust Educational Trust. The two club owners will also each donate $1 million in support of the cause, with further initiatives to combat anti-Semitism to be announced closer to the game. Pushing back against hatred that has become so commonplace, so automatic that it's part of some soccer fans' victory celebrations is going to take work. But as Robert Treston said, New England is the best place to start a revolution with the revolution. Leadership is so important because sports draws in thousands and millions of people. And, and Boston is, a, is, you know, we're a city of champions. I mean, we have amazing teams and amazing fans, and we're still not immune to this. So we should be uh, grateful that, th- that these teams are coming together and raising the level of awareness in, in, in this way, because that is a sign of leadership. And, you know, sometimes an entire team can be a leader. And here we have two teams who are taking leadership roles because they recognize the importance of this. And so, you know, hopefully everyone here and, and also, uh, you know, across the ocean in the UK recognizes the importance of that leadership. As fans who love the game and enjoy the game, we should be following their, their, their lead. Tickets for the game are on sale now. Group rates are available if you want to bring a synagogue, school, or other group. We're also giving away two pairs of tickets on jewishboston.com, so enter now. And listeners, to make sure you don't miss an episode of Jewish Boston's The Vibe of the Tribe, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And follow at Jewish Boston on social media for all of our great content. Thanks as always to our editor and mascot, Jesse, and to Ryan for our music. Music